0: Welcome to Embracing Your Sphere of Influence podcast. This is a place where you will meet and be inspired by many diverse entrepreneurs on how they use their sphere of influence to create change. Today, we have a great guest. Her name is Jean DiCarlo Wagner. Jean faced stage, stage four colon cancer in 2003 with her doctors giving her a 50-50 chance for a five-year survival. Fortunately, her surgery and chemotherapy were successful, but her journey from diagnosis to recover, that was challenging. After a 20-year career as an education resource specialist, her diagnosis and poor prognosis forced her to retire. However, she found a new career in teaching yoga to cancer survivors. Jean and her husband Chris have some gr- have grown a grown daughter and are active in the airbnb.com movement uh, they keep busy with their art studio built on their property and rescuing golden retrievers
1: welcome Jean it's great to have you thanks for having me just a minor correction I had 3c um, colon cancer, which is pretty close to four, but it had not metastasized to another organ. So just so people that are listening, particularly for that kind of information, uh, have, have okay. that, but a bit of difference. Yeah,
0: I saw that, but I figured it was a misprint. I didn't know. Okay, great. I thought, well, see, I always thought it would be a V. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Real quickly, Jean, um, before we really start talking about all your great insights and and influence strategies, tell me, how did you get or where did you start from and how did you get to where you are today?
1: Uh, Going back to finishing up treatment, I found myself... At age 48, very physically, emotionally, and uh, spiritually, pretty spent, and not really knowing how to regain a new normal. And I think that's probably for most people that experience some kind of crisis, um, whether it's a health crisis, financial crisis, you know, we all have to take that time to uh, reevaluate where we are, where we want to go, and of course, letting go. Of a long-term, in my case, um teaching career, it was a total of 28 years. I was kind of on the apex of my career and looking at, you know, this sort of the end. Um and so turning, you know, being close to age 50, which is another turning point, uh, all of that, the confluence of all those different challenges, um, I had to put my regaining health first, and that meant letting go of my career and not knowing what was going to happen. I built the art studio over a six-year period because I needed a way to almost validate my existence and leave something in legacy should I not be here. and. Uh, do something creative. So it was a very slow uh, building process because I didn't have a lot of energy. And that also is part of what ultimately drew me to work with others, giving them uh, a way to find their new normal. But it took about a year to end a career and think about what I wanted to learn about if I had a year, two years, five years. And since I had a 20 year practice of yoga and uh, was doing meditation and breathing, but none of the physical asana. So I I just was very depleted. And so that's, that was really what, what turned for me was the idea that I had been teaching and teachers are really life learners. And so what what did I want to learn about? And so I thought, well, yoga is a beautiful thing to learn about. And that could take life. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how that uh, evolved. And of course there was no training. Uh, There were very few looking at, cancer patients. And some of us, you know, we're starting to be outliers and uh, go beyond the odds of living, you know, five years. So that's right. Now it's turned into um, the classes evolved as I've evolved into how do you maintain your sense of wellness whatever that means for the individual, because I do work until end of life. So we can have the feeling of being well in this moment and not uh, right. be so attached to our physical body because it all changes as, as we know over time. Yeah. The older we get, but yeah.
0: I, I can relate to you on that Jean, Cause I had a major, um, a motorcycle accident and you know lots lots of physical problems but the brain injury was so hard. So it's taken me five years to really find my way back. It's a tough process. I've never had cancer and you know how we each get what we need in our life. Like cancer just terrifies me, but I've had other people say, oh I'd rather have that than be crashed and head first into a van. And I'm like, you know we get what we get. So, yes, yes. So. And to be grateful for that, because I noticed in your article that you talk about the benefits of of having gone through this. And sometimes it's those challenging transitions that really create a lot of who we are, right? So tell me about what some of the the good the good stuff that came out for you because of your cancer.
2: Uh,
1: the good things are include the people that i've met and the inspirational stories of of people that are living every day and sometimes uh now that cancer has become like diabetes a chronic long-term illness for many uh looking for ways of of honoring this path and that's a big part of of what I've gotten out of it. Also, you become, you discern much more quickly what's important, what's not important. Um, So the gifts of wisdom and actually really letting go of small things. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) ma'am. So, you know, I think to me, there are so many uh, traditions of wisdom that say that you know crisis is opportunity, and that's how I look at any crisis. Um, what's what's going to be the growing opportunity? In this? Right. I agree.
0: On some of your, uh, I was looking at some of your information. Well, first of all, you teach yoga, right? I do. So do you? Do you have your own yoga studio where you have
1: classes? I do have a home studio. And that's for one on one. Uh, I do like uh, having a class, I have a community class. It has also evolved from a class specifically around cancer recovery to now I call it yoga for healing because people would ask me gene you know I have x condition can I come into your you know class yoga for cancer survivors because it seems right for me and you know so that has been something to just open that space for healing i think people are looking for different ways to de stress Yes, ma'am, you are, yes.
0: And I'm glad you're opening it up to others because you're right. We're, in today's um, world, there's a lot of emotional upheaval. People want it to stop. They want to feel good. They want to feel at peace again. So I'm glad you're doing that. So tell me, how does social media play into your schematic?
1: Uh, I started a long time back with listservs. Uh, there weren't very many cancer support things, even though I live in San Diego, and you would think uh, we have—you know—we're a fairly seventh-largest city. We we should have a lot of different opportunities. There are more now than there were in 2003. So I found that reaching out to others through lists listservs, and that was just basically group emails. And uh, that's where I started. Then I, I, people started to ask me as they learned that I was using yoga myself, what was I doing? How did it benefit me? What could they do? And I started holding a telephone class once a month to invite people. And then Facebook was a very natural extension and I've used groups um, I'm active in a lot of different groups. And then I've created some groups, uh, Yoga with Gene and Damn it Cancer. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I love that. That is wonderful. Dammit it, it Cancer says it all. And it's a place where, where it's okay to vent and yes. say Dammit Cancer. I mean, you have to every once in a while just be fed up with what's happening. That's just part of our human experience, isn't it? Oh, that's a huge part of it. Like,
0: I sometimes I like to talk about the rough periods uh, to recovery, because I know for myself, I thought something was wrong with me. It was taking me so long. The grieving periods were so intense. And it's like, what's wrong with me? I don't do this. I I can accept, you know, whatever. And And I think people need to know how tough this stuff is. Yes, to, to get where you are. I mean, that's amazing in a year, but that's probably because you were doing the yoga and the meditation
1: right on, right at the beginning. Yeah, I did go to a therapist who specialized in people with chronic illness. And at that point, that's how I was viewing probably what was going to happen to me, that the cancer was likely to come back and I would be dealing you know, with that. And I wanted to... Have someone to bounce those scary thoughts and ideas. And so, through that process of helping me discover the other gifts that I could develop, because it felt like a lot of things were ending and/or and were over. All right. And it is, it's true. And I like the
0: words you use: the new me, because I knew that nothing could be the same. No, not nothing, but. I changed a lot.
1: Um, that's hard. Yes, it's the
0: really
3: early
1: hard. Recovery, uh, just that the fatigue uh, after oh, yeah. the amount of chemotherapy and the toxins. There, they've oh. now the research is coming out that oh, it you know, uh, chemo brain is a real thing. Duh. Oh yes. You know, all yeah. of us going to. But, you know, the research had to come out and specifically the chemotherapy that I had, 5-FU, is, is known to cause a kind of uh, the myelin sheath is compromised. And for some people, it continues to be uh, an experience that continues to happen. So it gets worse over time. And I think I'm mm-hmm. one of those people that I adjusted really well to my new average of energy but it it comes and goes like I have th- four good hours and I have to rest 20 minutes to an hour and then I have another 3 hours and in the beginning I couldn't count on that and so I had oh, to no. I'm going to go out to coffee with you you have to know I might cancel cuz I just I get that up- And I think giving other people that insight and permission to say, no, you know, this is what's happening and normalize that because it is part of recovering. You're tired and there are toxins and uh, there's emotions that make you tired as well. So all of that becomes something I can share. And I think through sharing, it makes it something that is more beneficial and worthwhile to to be able to take that experience and help the next person. So I was very much in a mode of helping others right from the beginning. And there's good research that says that is an important piece. I don't know if you've had the opportunity to help someone else, but it just... It's huge. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and it creates more energy for you. You end up healing. The other person heals. So that leads me to my next question.
1: What is influence to you? Giving another person choices and options. Uh, I do, through, through Facebook and through the communities, uh, Nonprofits that I work with, and I work with many the Colon Cancer Alliance, Fights uh, Colorectal Cancer, the American Association of Cancer Research, Live Strong. All of these entities have Facebook groups. And as an advocate and a grassroots advocate going to lobby in DC, so by posting all that I do and all that I'm interested in the research and what yoga says and the benefits of yoga. I feel I'm putting out the idea that life changed, but it didn't end. Some things got better. And these are things that you might consider doing. And that's, you know, that is the kind of influence uh, I feel is beneficial to that next person. And that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to help someone else. I had, I have a mentor. She is a 20 year stage four colon cancer survivor, uh, Suzanne Lindley. And having a mentor who was very active, you know, it showed me the path of, right. She she said, you know, you can become a yoga teacher. You know, at 15, I didn't think I could become a yoga teacher, but, you know, having somebody in your corner and saying, yes, do that. And here's a format, you know, on my website, ha- uh, write articles. And so you begin, or at least for me, I began to do things I had never done before. Just also interviewing, you know, getting the word out to me. This is so such an important way of letting others know uh, what I've experienced, what I feel is beneficial and life goes right up.
0: and i like how you say the fact that you, it, it it allows you to offer different opportunities to other people and it starts off with the simple uh, intention of, of helping another and look you have done some amazing work thank you thank you for doing so much to help people that makes the world a little bit better
1: place thank right it's, it's it is my joy and my passion Jean, where can people find you? Through my website, yoga being net, uh, has my contact right into my email, and would love to hear and would love to support. Uh, I do do cancer navigation, so helping people with their loved ones. Uh, I can at least direct you to the right place. If it's not an experience I've had, I can find someone who's had that similar experience. And that's that's a lot of what I do. I'm helping someone now whose husband is going through metastatic lung cancer. And yesterday I met with a friend who has glioblastoma and we talked about diet and CBD oil and listening to positive uh, spiritual Tapes, which I provided, you know, and just said, these are the things that I do, whatever, whatever you feel good about, whatever makes you feel calm and wonderful. That's what you should do.
0: Excellent. I love that. Well, right in line with that. What are three things that you
1: want your listener to take away with them today? You have the ability to influence positively one person every day try to do it without being known um take care of yourself make sure that you're doing things that give you joy and bring life into into the light of your eyes and get connected to others
0: ah yes i think that's such a huge part of, of recovery Jean, i i deeply appreciate you being on the show. I, I know you make the world a little bit better of a place. Um, hang on once we get this show done and then we'll uh, we'll talk. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much. Have a great day.
3: Bye.
2: and become essentially germ-free? Scalar light serves to break apart the molecular bonds of viruses, bacteria, fungi, and parasites in your body. Only a photograph of a person is needed in order to be treated with Scalar light and eradicate germs from your body. Visit the website freescalar.net and upload your photograph as well as the photographs of your family. Everyone will receive 15 days of free Scalar Light treatments and your germs will be eradicated by this painless and simple Scalar Light process. People from around the world have experienced the benefits of Scalar Light healing and the testimonies prove just how effective this groundbreaking treatment really is. Visit
3: freescalar.net
2: to get started or call our support desk At 1-800-345-9851 for additional information. That's freescaler.net. Or toll free 1-800-345-9851.
0: everybody, and welcome to Embracing Your Sphere of Influence podcast. This is a place where you meet and and will be inspired by many diverse entrepreneurs on how they use their sphere of influence to create change. And today, we have Ethan Indigo Smith. Ethan is an activist, an author, and a Tai Chi teacher. He was born in the farm in Maine, and lived in Manhattan for a number of years before migrating west to Mendocino, California. Guided by a keen sense of integrity, humanity, and justice, Ethan's work is both deeply connected and extremely insightful, blending philosophy, politics, activism, spirituality, meditation, and a unique sense of humor. Welcome, Ethan, to this podcast. I'm excited to have you.
3: Good. How are you? Thank you so much for uh, (laughs) having me.
0: I'm good. I'm glad you're here. Uh, In just a a couple of sentences, Ethan, tell me, how did you get started? I mean, where did you start, and how did you end up here?
3: Well, I've always pursued uh, writing, um, and uh, I suppose it took me about odd 30 years to figure out that I... If anything over thought things whereas other people didn't think about them at all and that could be from the trivial to uh, the political and social uh, and so I started uh, you know as uh, time unfolded putting things together in book format and a lot of articles and uh, I am an avid communicator whether it's with a megaphone or the pen, or today's day and age, the keyboard. Um, So, you know, one of the ways, on that note too, that's one of the ways, of course, that I uh, utilize uh, reaching people and uh, uh, um, expanding my sphere of influence um, is through the writing itself. Um, And I use what is one of the oldest adages on the planet, to inspire that communication often enough. uh, And I use it in metaphysical terms and also just this simple uh, uh, communication and thoughtfulness. Um, Often enough, it's only presented as three, but there are the four wise monkeys. And most people um, know this adage as the three wise monkeys. Uh,
0: Oh, Okay, and explain so
3: that. The blind monkey, the deaf monkey, and, and the mute monkey, right. or hear no, see no, and speak no evil. And there is the also the missing fourth monkey, which is fear no evil, slash do no evil. And I use this omitted um. fourth aspect in a multitude of concepts, but directly from a lot of people. You and I were discussing this other the other day. That a lot of people don't want to uh, hear what's going on, and they don't right. want to look and see what's going on, and certainly they don't want to speak as to what is really going on, except for that fourth omitted monkey, the fear-no-evil archetype. So, so I like to embody that approach in my writing concepts, and also as I seek to expand my voice.
0: Excellent. And I'd like to talk more about that because the book actually Ethan, you've got quite a few books here. You have the complete Patriot's guide to um ob-
3: oligarchical collectivism, which is a robotic term, but it describes exactly what's going on today. Um and Orwell came up with that uh that term. Yeah,
0: I just totally could not pronounce that. No, it, I, it's
3: like I only can thousand pronounce thousand it because I wrote it, it out stuck a thousand in my times. Tongue. <laughs> yeah, you no, know, only a robot can pronounce it, basically.
0: Oh, gosh, that's funny. And then there's the 108 steps to being in the zone. Now, these are all meditative practices for self-discovery. And then there's the little green Book of Revolution, which is an inspirational book based on ideas of a peaceful revolution. There's a geometry of energy and how to meditate. Now, you and I have talked a little bit about this. It is simple and profound. The next one is The Matrix of Four, the philosophy and duality of polarity. And again, I think you're talking about that. There's the controversial book, Terrace Letters. Terrace, and it's yeah, spelled, yeah, you have letters. to see that.
3: There's a uh, plan. That words. is a satirical look at nuclear experimentation, the global promotion of, contrasted with the global pro- uh, prohibition of cannabis cultivation.
0: Oh, yeah, look at this. So it's a wild that
3: story, uh, uh, kind of coming of age novel.
0: That is excellent. And then but, uh, the one, the one, I'm really the one that about I use is on the daily chico. to
3: uh, inspire myself with my own idea is uh, The Matrix of Four. And and one aspect of that um, I just illustrated via The, uh, the Four Wise Monkeys.
0: Right. Does that whole book revolve
3: around the four aspects? Y- certainly. And um, uh, utilizing... Uh, such things as arithmetic, which is not only are there the four functions of arithmetic, but they are in this duality of polarity. Right? Um, I I use arithmetic in, in um, to, in, to uh, explore lies, for instance. Um, and so people think as simply adding on um, fake, you know. Um, addition of uh, information, um, but it actually can be subtraction of information <clears throat> and kind of say multiplication of ideas that are uh, tangential that distract from the fact oh, there that... there are. ...and also uh, dividing constructs to where uh, things are amplified that are not quite true. Um, so it, it, it's the Matrix of Four I, I use in a multitude of ways, but but that that fourth monkey I think people um, we all need to embody more in all of our lives. But it is the
0: way. To, Whoops, I'm losing uh, you. Can you can you hear oh, us?
3: sorry, sorry. Oh, um, there you are. I I start pulling the phone away from myself. Yes, um, please. The the fourth monkey concept of of speaking up and observing and listening to what's really going on is, uh, I think, an inspirational adage. I do, too. I do, too.
0: The thing I did want to talk to you about that I think will be really uh, helpful to a lot of people is a Tai Tai Chi pill, because it is oftentimes difficult to find a Tai Chi teacher. I've talked with some they all do it a little differently. They're very expensive, and the list goes on, right? Yeah, so tell me about this Tai Chi pill. Is it for people to help them learn the art of Tai Chi?
3: Um, uh, a lot of what uh, I, I found in sharing Tai Chi is that a lot of the beginning aspects of practicing Tai Chi will be applying the principles of walking uh, having conversations with people and just being in a relaxed state is a huge lesson that we all could accommodate more, right? Um, and so I, I utilize a lot of uh, neuroscience and uh, yoga elements and um, uh, things that people are familiar with and that are really simple Tai Chi practices. And practices that are not so simple, but I simplify how to maneuver. Whoops, lost you again. Oh, sorry. I, I simplify how to refine the movements. Um, um and so uh, it's it's principles and practices that really one can empower oneself in um, a conscious format, but. In the power of a placebo right so the placebo effect is often noted as um, being something that people uh, when when uh, pharmaceutical companies or so forth put through a new medicine they have to have a sugar pill accompany the uh, experiment right and um, often enough the sugar pill will work better well recently they did an experiment with placebo written on the prescription pill. And so people were aware that they were taking placebos, but yet the placebos had a a better result. Uh, This uh, was concerning irritable bowel syndrome than the medications available at that time 10 years ago or something placebo effect, whether we're tricked or we know that we're tricking ourselves, works. And so now apply that to meditative movement and um, mental um, and psychological switches that we don't need a sugar pill to um, empower, right? And so I right. took that Tai Chi concept and lesson to build um uh, the individuation whoops
0: lost you again oh,
3: shoot did you hear any of that oh there no didn't um i I was I was saying how I um embodied uh a lot of uh what tend to be really complicated lessons into a simplification okay. um where um did you hear what I was saying about the placebo pill
0: Yes, yes. Got that part. Okay, That's um, very interesting. And, and yes. so uh,
3: I, I took all these uh, constructs from neuroscience and from um, medical research and psychology and used them to instigate the power of what seems like almost sometimes Whoops. Losing you again. That I, 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 are you there?
0: There you go. Get your head back uh, to the I, yeah, I
3: guarantee we'll uh, embody this uh, inner smile, it's often called in Tai Chi.
0: Okay. Do you teach Tai Chi physically? Do you have a group yes. of students?
3: Yes. Yeah, I teach several studios. So I find that the yogis... Are open to it. I don't have my own studio or uh, necessarily teach it alongside martial arts. I teach yoga more often than anything.
0: Yeah. Oh, yoga. Okay. Okay. So what made you want to write a book about Tai Chi?
3: Well, I guess I was a lot of my students, um, new and uh, frequent comers, we're getting a lot out of what were some of the more simple practices um, with, along with the concepts and principles that I put forth. And so many uh, students and visiting students, um, you know, would essentially experience something Well, I've practiced IT before, but not that, and that's awesome. Um, and so... Uh, uh, some of the principles I find really enhance the practices, and so that's what I tried to do in the book: is make Tai Chi more simple uh, to the beginner, and also um, have additives to the practitioner that can enhance uh, their practice. And and Tai Chi, the reason why it's so frustrating that uh, there are so many different styles and so many different styles within styles, if you will.
2: Um, yeah. Is
3: because it's all about the power of individuation, right? One being, beautiful, a beautiful being is one being oneself, right? And so that's why there's so many different modalities and accentuations in the Tai Chi forms is because people were at a certain time at their life when they taught the form in one way or another, accentuating certain different energies, right? Um, okay. And so um, if you meet a, a young person teaching Tai Chi, it will be a totally different Tai Chi style than an older person. That's not to say that one Tai Chi is better or, 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 or whatever. It's just to say that there's different ways of uh, to do a thing, right?
0: Right, right. So Tai so Chi in it's itself... It's really
3: frustrating in learning that there's so many different uh, uh, little variations and big variations. Um, but it I like to say Tai Chi, it's not the quantity, it's the quality, right? And so the the specific largeness of the movement that we have here, is less than to being rooted and grounded and, and relaxed, excuse me. Right. You
0: still have a great love for this. I mean, you've had your other book that talks about 108 ways to meditate. Uh, this has been, been an ongoing theme for you throughout your life, correct?
3: Yeah, you know, like I said, it, it took me about 30-some years to yeah. understand that I thought differently than others, <laughs> Um, and as I was telling you about the geometry of energy, I like to find the uh, grounded uh, concepts in what is often presented as esoteric. And so in exploring meditation through geometry, um, I, I was able to really uh, root and define sacred geometry. And also, a 100 years is one of the most uh widely celebrated one of Whoops. And I Oh uh, there you are. Uh, sorry, I I really bad habit. Uh, I, I I hate uh, electronic devices so I start reeling <laughs> away from it unconsciously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I wouldn't have been able to explore hundred and eight uh, again one of the most uh, divine numbers um among uh, Hindus and Jainists and uh, martial arts practitioners and Yogis as well and um, I wouldn't have been able to explore it entirely if it wasn't for the matrix of four because in 108 there are the obvious three but there's actually the unsaid fourth aspect as well. Um, so one in 108 is symbolic for many things but it is also, uh, specifically symbolic for what I call the trinity of time. And this is a, a deep concept, but really, I think, um, brings together the, the reasoning why 108 is so implicitly, uh, esoterically valuable among all these systems. Um, one is for the present, zero is for the past, and eight is for the infinite future. And the fourth unsaid aspect is timelessness, right? So you have the huh. trinity of time, past, present, future. In this case, present, past, future. And then you have timelessness. And and this is uh, from where intuition kind of originates, type of thing. Well,
0: that's fascinating.
3: Yeah, the Ethan. 108 concept is utterly fascinating, and I say that on the humble of having explored it, not necessarily um, you know, come up with um, these numerical concepts myself. I, I just explored it. Um, and that's, that's one I did find. And, uh, and again, I wouldn't have been able to find that without The Matrix of Four, but the entirety of 108 and its relationships are, are beautiful. And, and fascinating, absolutely amazing.
0: Well, I'm, I'm so glad you love it. You've got to love it to be able to write all about it, right?
3: So tell me. Well, I met several Tibetans and told them that I wrote a book about 108. and in oh, Tibet, what they and, say. And among anyone that meditates 108, this is how many times um, a meditator will recite a mantra Utilizing their japa mala with their their uh, uh, beads, right? There's 108 beads on the japa mala. Uh, I told these Tibetan guys, you, I wrote about 108. They're how? (laughs) They they couldn't believe it because it's it's so it is so profound and it is so um, amazing. Difficult to put in words. I think for them it'd be like. How do you yeah? How do you approach writing a book about the thirteen colonies? I, I, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: is that one of which book are you the most uh, connected with?
3: Ethan? Well, the Matrix of Four continues to inspire me and reveal to me concepts, um, even though I wrote it. So that one has been um, the one I've applied and used the most. Um, like I said, I even was able to find more about one hundred and eight through, through its window. Um, so that one has been continuously the most revealing to me as the author. So I think it is uh, useful in kind of a multitude of fashions for for many people.
0: So a lot of this stuff you keep digging deeper. It sounds like the Tai Chi pill was kind of, uh... More of a fun book for you than the other ones that are so deeply rooted in consciousness and in thought and in
3: yeah. reasoning and rationality. The Matrix of, of Four it. is very focused on the uh, mental applications and thoughtful modes, whereas 108 Steps, even though it's quite deep, it's focused on how one can. Uh, kind of uplift oneself being and 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 you know I was actually super intimidated in taking on a tai chi book because it is such a deep well and even though I, I honestly I've been practicing it off and on for the first few years but over 20 years and it is such a deep well that after 20 years I was still intimidated to write a book but as really? I proceeded with it, I realized that I could um, utilize some new things to distinguish it among the other Tai Chi books and uh, and really, I think, have a, a direct way for people to tap into a, a way to uplift their being. And one could say raise consciousness, but, I mean, everyone... Wants to just uplift their energy and so on and yes. so forth, and so Tai Chi is a direct. Uh, it's better than a placebo pill, right? But it has that same, uh, you
2: know,
3: wonderful, mysterious magnificence, right? Like, how did that happen? Well, guess what? You did it, <laughs> um, and so just by it the really of tai Chi, individuation, okay. and it did get pleasant as I realized that I don't have to be intimidated writing a Tai Chi book. Right. first it was.
0: So it's not near as uh, shallow as I thought. Of course, I don't think anything you do is shallow. It simplifies
3: some uh, subjects of great depth. Yes, subjects of
0: great depth. Let me ask you a question. What is
3: influence to you?
0: What does it mean?
3: Well, you know, as as I write and communicate, uh, I I often find myself asking that very question. Um, I think today we get caught up in a lot of uh, narcissistic influences, and maybe that's yes. putting it a little more harsh than um, the totality of it. But that's parallel anyway, right? And so I think people will get caught up again. Um, in the quantity and not the quality, right? And so, um, for instance, like the number of followers rather than the uh, material being communicated, right? Um, right. So, I I think um, the the best way to summarize it, I guess. Whoops! Is come, to back. Uh, <laughs> come
0: back.
3: To the phone. have a soapbox, and also. Bring something uh, that is worth the soapbox structure, right? I, I in in the quantity over quality uh, idea, we we wind up with a lot of uh, shallowness, right? And and that's okay sometimes, but that's you know not necessarily the best um, entirely always, right? And so right. I think. Um, and, and you know, being an independent author, researcher, writer, and uh, several times being accused of being a conspiratorial theorist, a conspiracy theorist, right, <laughs> um, I, I think that the mainstream media does like to belittle independent voices and enhance voices that are under their wing, of, of course, right? And so we are a lot of times kind of steered, to take on ideas that maybe we wouldn't otherwise, right? And so um, it's it's hard to uh, break through the mainstream rattle, and I think that's a, a big big um, hurdle for a lot of folks in the spiritual uh, realm and, and even otherwise, right? It's to get through the mainstream that is
0: come back come back I can't hear you really breaking up bad
3: oh sorry sorry
0: yeah I lost a lot of that so tell me where can people find you Ethan okay let's see we're losing connection with Ethan what I do know is that you can find him on Facebook Uh, he's got an author page on Amazon as well and his new websites are geometry of energy and meditation 108 this is where ethan offers lessons on individuation meditation and conceptualization of energy and the metaphysical significance of 108
3: did i get yeah, you, you back there now? ethan yeah yeah you almost you you speak for me better than i do yeah
0: I just lost you there so far that I was going to get you back.
3: No, I'm sorry. Quickly. I live live in Tahoe. I live in the Sierra Nevada mountains and it's, uh, thankfully quite spotty connection. That's the best thing about it is there's not much here, but it's tough sometimes. I apologize for the. uh,
0: Oh, Oh, you're fine. You're fine. You live in paradise. So you have to give and take with all of that. Right. But, Ethan, what would be three things that you would want our listeners to take with them today?
3: Uh, Three things. Well, I think the wise monkeys adage is a super valuable concept um, that can be applied uh, limitlessly. Um, And, um, you know, in Tai Chi, in a martial sense, we say, if it doesn't work, do it again. (laughs) Right. If, if uh, uh, there's an ch- uh, expression, chin na, right, which is essentially a lock, a joint lock. If the joint lock doesn't work the first time, try it again. Do it again. <laughs> and, yeah, and so, that's great. Yeah. And so sometimes why, why give up on a thing? Because it didn't work out the first time. You might catch the confrontational wall ahead, uh, you know, I don't like to think of Tai Chi as a confrontational matter, but there's sometimes a way to look at things that you know are uh, an object in our way, and we must take the space or yield the space. And so, yeah, keep trying, right? Um, keep trying. And and uh, the I I think for me, I, I've been dealing with as I um, uh, alluded to a minute ago um, that independent folks are often belittled because of um, their voice not being uh, as influential as they would like. And and so understand that there are um, big-time media corporations, and we see this through the events unfolding via Facebook and Twitter, that are, you know, whether you like these voices or, or not, belittling the um, alternative media, so to speak. And so... Um, this is something that we have to get past as um, independent uh, practitioners of whatever sort um, is, uh, is to, uh, uh, you know, keep using our voice as, um, as much as we can through that rattle. Right.
0: Ethan, thank you so much for your time today, and being on the show with us. You have, well, thank you so a- much. Oh, uh, 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 all these great books. This is something I want to get into each one myself. It looks like you've done a lot of the work by writing about it and would offer me such uh, deeper insights into so much of this that I'm interested in. We
3: well, hope we to have you hand. back I'm again. Ethan. That you had me on the show and
0: yes. Thank you so much. And thank you. Um, wishing you the best, best winter ever. And maybe we'll have you back again in the springtime.
3: Wonderful. I I bow to you for your ability to help me communicate. Thank you.
0: (laughs) You're welcome, Ethan. Have a great day. Peace on Earth. Bye.